2: Hey Corbs!
0: Hello, hello! Oh my! What's up? Gosh. Oh,
2: it's so good to hear your voice.
0: I would <laughs> huh? I would say okay. So, for our listeners, Corbin is in Sweden. I keep wanting to say Norway, but that's not true. She's Norway. in Sweden.
1: Sweden. In
0: uh, yeah, Sweden. in the beautiful city of uh, uh Stockholm. Stockholm.
1: Stockholm. Stockholm
0: and uh we've just spent the last i don't know like fucking 45 <laughs> minutes <laughs> trying to figure out why we can't record and now we're punting so we've g-
1: i hate all technology yeah. yeah
0: yeah but you know like let's look at it this way uh not too long ago we wouldn't have been able to do this we would have had to stop recording for like six weeks or it would have just been me yeah. and me and katie nobody wants to hear just me and katie nope they're, that would make
1: me sad. They, they
0: they need their cor- their taste of Corbin. Yeah. Which I don't know how I feel about that. Place. Anyway, <laughs>
2: it's fine. <laughs> I love getting to hear Corbin's voice because I miss her.
1: Yeah. I miss you too. I miss being home. What? Uh, <laughs> I miss being home. Oh okay. Put <laughs> out for a second. That's okay. Um,
0: would well, tell us something about uh, Sweden. That we that we may not already have known. In your week um, in your week that you've been there. I've never been, oh. so I there's a lot I don't know about Sweden.
1: If you do your laundry here, you have to book a laundry time and you can't go into the laundry room outside of your booked time.
2: Wow.
0: Hang on a second.
1: Yeah.
2: That seems We're, like it would solve a lot of problems here though.
1: But it is kind of obnoxious because I didn't know that you also couldn't get into the laundry room uh, outside of your time, so I just figured, oh, you're just like do the time, ta- you know, like you have to wash your laundry at the time, but you could still like get in and out if you needed to. Uh, nope, that's not the case.
0: How is this mediated? Do you is there an app? I mean, I don't understand.
1: No, like everything else in Sweden, there's like some box basically that's like Swedes are very into like self service machines. Oh yeah, that's
0: true.
1: Yeah, so um, that's another thing that they're they're like everywhere here, so.
0: So you 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 walk up to the box,
1: and you book a time, uh-huh. which isn't Swedish.
0: <laughs> there is <a> s- <laughs> how how dare they?
1: I know, and then you just come back for your time when you hmm. and you can only get into the laundry room.
2: So it like time. unlocks for your key or whatever. Yeah. when you are on your time. Okay, that's weird. Anyway. Yeah. I mean...
0: Seems very inconvenient.
2: It's like... My laundry
1: almost got stranded.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, like, what if you don't go back and then it's locked? Yeah.
1: And then I... Basically, I had to just piggyback off of someone who... I waited like a creeper by the Ugh, laundry classic. door.
0: Such a good move. <laughs> and they were like, stupid Americans.
2: Yes, they have French yeah. accents, Dave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure I pissed some people <laughs> off that day.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: Oh, well. Whatever.
1: It was my first time. I know. It was confusing.
2: It's very confusing.
0: I saw a picture of meatballs uh, on your Instagram <gasps> the other yeah. day or whatever. Oh,
1: yeah. They were delicious. Yeah. Very delicious.
2: That was a recommendation from yours truly.
0: You were like, you got to yeah. try the meatballs?
2: At Meatballs for the People, specifically. Oh, uh,
0: that is that a, a restaurant? restaurant. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: I would go back there probably.
2: Yeah. Not a sponsor. Not, I wish meatballs
0: for people calls.
2: Did you go to the photography museum? Yeah, I did. It was really did cool. Did you like it?
1: I liked it a lot. I they're doing. It. They um had this show there. It was actually pretty interesting. I forget the guy's name, but he did uh X rays things. X-ray? Oh, what?
2: I wish that was there when I was there. Yeah,
1: and so he just had like X rayed planes. I would have liked like, that way
2: better than what we was there when we were there. That's cool. Yeah, it
1: was really cool. That's cool.
2: That's awesome. Well, anyway, How,
1: if you're in Stockholm... His name is like Nick something. Hmm. I forget.
2: If you're in Stockholm, I highly recommend going to the Photographiska, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it.
2: Anyway, nice. Yeah. Well, should we talk about some banter that's not about our actual episode, but I just thought it needed to be talked about? Yeah. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so um, let's see... On the 19th of January, which, at time of recording, was two days ago, but when this comes out, it'll be a few days ago, Um, uh, President Trump (sighs) said, and I quote, that the law allows a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month, and it's wrong, it has to change. (laughs) (laughs) Which, according to this, is like a meme, like all over Facebook right now. But according to Snopes, it is true that he did say this. <laughs> what does What does that mean?
0: It okay, means that so, if you're gonna give birth early, you're gonna go to jail.
2: No, no, that's not what it means. I know what it means. What it means is that he doesn't. If you take this quote entirely out of context, it means that he does not know that a gestational age is nine months. Like, mm. he does not know that humans gestate for nine months because apparently to be born from your mother's womb in the ninth month is wrong. <laughs> so he's either advocating for very, very late-term births or very <laughs> early-term births. <laughs> Which, just the fa- the amount of things that he seems to know about anything, just like this would totally make sense. However... This was at the um the in conjunction a speech in conjunction with a pro life group March for Life their rally and so he was speaking at this um and the entire speech he had been talking about basically how like late term abortions are wrong and all this stuff and had been using the word torn and so people think that it's basically he just like said "born" instead of "torn" on accident. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Which I mean, <laughs> that kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but he was voicing his support. He probably
0: just had dry mouth.
2: Yeah, probably. Because
0: um, you know that whole he thing where he can't like
2: open a bottle of water.
0: <laughs> did you know that whole thing? He had Sudafed, and so he couldn't do the national anthem because his
2: oh, because his
0: mouth he was very oh, dry. I, that. I don't know something. Patent
2: mouth. Yeah, patent mouth. Classic. Um, So anyway, but he was voicing his support for the Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, which basically, it says, I would strongly support the House of Representatives Pain-Capable Bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide, and I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to to my desk for signing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We kind of talked about this in an abortion episode, but there are very... Um, it's very complicated. Pain is a very complicated thing. How we interpret pain is a very complicated thing. And there is not good science on pain for adult humans. So there's really not good science on pain for fetal peoples or whatever you would like to call them. Let's <laughs> and so, go with fetuses. Feti. <laughs> yeah, fetuses. Um, And so... It's just like super complicated. And since, you know, scientists who have PhDs and MDs and whatever else can't figure it out, I don't think that I really trust a house member to figure it out. So. Oh, you don't trust Steve King to. Oh, no, I really don't. He's the worst. (laughs) But anyway, so.
0: Our own white supremacist here in Iowa.
2: Yep. So, anyway, so I just thought we should just talk about that because it's very appropriate to our podcast.
0: Um. Yeah, no. I for what it's worth, I weigh in on the side of PhDs and MDs and not on the side of Donald Trump, the Republican Party.
2: Yeah.
0: Even the Democrats don't
1: Yeah, I mean I
0: mean they don't they don't know.
2: Yeah, the I don't politician. know. There's
0: no they don't have any more evidence than we do. I mean, look, in some ways it kind of makes sense that it, I mean, is there an argument against Fetuses feeling pain. Let's just get that out there. Is there yes. an argument against that? Yes. Okay. Is this so? There's not necessarily science because so, we don't know a lot.
2: The, okay. So the question is, what is pain? Right. What, like in neuro, what we were told was pain is what the brain perceives, and those pain sensors go through the thalamus. Which is in the middle of the brain and so basically in order to interpret a pain signal to feel pain as we feel it you have to have a developed thalamus which ah. fetuses don't until very late ah. so but then i mean there's questions about like kids in the nicu who are born super early before they develop a thalamus like still have like their increased sensitivity when they're older and I don't know, all this stuff so it's very complicated i see is the issue
0: that's interesting i never knew that i kind of figured is it it, do they think it's like a light switching on or is it a gradual i
2: think that would make it easier i think it's a gradual thing and it it, i mean and we don't have like a def i mean we don't even have a definition of a thought right so like how can we define what pain is yeah you know so anyway it's very complicated However, I would just like to point out that I totally believe that Trump would not know how long a human pregnancy is, though. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> like, I just like told that's totally believable to me.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is it's the end of times.
2: Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah.
0: What do we know about uh, um, the state of abortion in Sweden?
1: oh yeah so sweden okay um all women can get abortions until 18 weeks just like cuz and um they can um basically apply to a council from 18 to 22 weeks to get an abortion Mm -hmm. Um,
2: do you know what the council is made of
1: yeah, they're physicians. They're OBGYNs. Oh. Actually, one of my professors Not, is. Wow, that,
0: um, that sounds so
2: religious officials. Almost reasonable.
0: No,
1: yeah. <laughs> wow. No, one one of my professors is actually on the oh, board. Oh,
2: that's cool.
0: So, are they? Fun, what What are they deciding? They're deciding medical necessity only.
1: Uh, I think. Ba- yeah, basically, if they have grounds to do it, I think. I okay. mean, I didn't.
2: Yeah, yeah, she hasn't been there very long. We should
1: point yeah, out. Yeah, come so. on. It's, it's been okay. a whole week. Don't you know
0: <laughs> every aspect of medicine in Sweden?
1: I mean, I could have definitely asked all these questions then, but I uh, okay. didn't. So, But anyway, something I think is really interesting is that um, actually Swedish OBGYNs are not allowed to basically conscientiously object from providing abortions. Oh. Oh.
0: Unlike- yeah,
1: so they must if you are an OBGYN and your job duties
2: yeah, would include that. part of your that. scope of practice.
0: You know, we, yeah. y- we were talking about this on that other podcast I'm on. The uh, Short
2: Coat. We can plug the it. The
0: Short Coat Podcast. But uh, we were talking about it in terms of the new uh, Health and Human Services uh, uh, organization, mm-hmm. which is uh, oh, protecting... Physicians oh, yeah. who have consci- this is- conscientious or religious objections, and the the thing about it that I you know my thought about it was if you're a doctor, you don't necessarily you can't be forced into providing a, a an op- procedure or a, an operation or something that you don't already specialize in. Like if you're a, if right. you're a transplant surgeon, nobody can force you to do an abortion, even if you're an OB GYN. In this country right if you don't do abortions if that's not a thing that you do then you you already can't be forced to do that right well if you're an ob-gyn you're gonna if you're if you're an obstetrical surgeon you're in upset you you know how to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the thing you know how to do.
2: Right, because oh, like it's part of the training. The right, pro- right. I mean, the procedure to provide an abortion is the same as the procedure to like right. empty the uterus of like a right. problematic pregnancy. So it's yeah. the same procedure, yeah.
1: Well, and like I mean, so it's not but it here's the thing though. There's like a, a little bit more nuance to this conversation because like you can also accept a job where it wouldn't be part of your role to provide that care. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't yeah, have you, to necessarily say, like...
0: Yeah, you could work at a Catholic hospital where that's just right. not done. There's plenty of those. Right. I mean, lots of hospitals in the U.S. are r- r- affiliated with religion.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know that I, like, have... And, like, I reserve my the right to change my mind about this, but like no. more recently i've been i've been thinking about how like how it's kind of like an entitlement thing to be like to be a physician and be like oh but i won't you know like i want to be an ob-gyn but i don't want to do this and this and this yeah it's like you're saying that you're right supersedes the right of your patients. And I think that's a huge entitlement thing. Like nobody told you you needed to be an OBGYN. Right. Nobody told you you needed to be a doctor. Like if you're not okay with the job as is, then maybe you need to consider a different career path. Mm. Like you don't get to just like t- reap all the benefits of this profession. W- you know, and just, like, yeah. have your patients suffer the consequences because you're, quote-unquote, morally opposed to something. Yeah. yeah. This
2: yeah. is, like, something I especially agree with you when it comes to residencies because, like, I think that, like, if you're going to be trained to do a job, you should be trained to do that entire job and all that it entails. So, like, this really only, from what I understand, comes up in ob where, like, there are some programs that have opt-out abortion training Hmm. so like iowa Hmm. where you are required to complete a family planning training and you are only allowed to opt out of procedures that you disagree with morally but you are still present so you are like doing this the exam and you're like placing the speculum and doing the anesthesia but you like maybe just like won't participate in like the suction portion of the procedure.
0: That's interesting.
2: Whereas there are places where it's opt-in where it is not part of your curriculum at all and you have to use your elective time or vacation time or whatever and set it up yourself to get that training. Really? Yes. So.
0: God, we're a bizarre country.
2: Yes. Which like, I don't understand that. Like how can you just like basically be like, well, we're not gonna teach you part of your job. I don't understand that. You want to talk about what we're actually going to talk about?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
2: Okay. So, as everyone saw on Instagram, Facebook, I participated in the Women's March this weekend. Yes. It was. I couldn't be there. I know we missed you. For
0: some reason, they don't feel the need to march. Uh, in Sweden. In Sweden, I don't know why.
2: Although I think they might have had a march here. I, I actually I tried to look have data about that.
0: Oh. Yeah.
2: So we'll data. talk. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um. So, it was a beautiful day. It was like forty five degrees outside. It was so nice. I I was just in Arizona and they were like, forty degrees is forty degrees. And I was like, uh no, forty degrees <laughs> in Iowa in the springtime is like shorts and t shirts weather. <laughs> like <laughs> it is like so warm here. Oh I like went for a run yesterday in yoga pants and a t shirt. So yeah. it was awesome. It was amazing. But anyway. Um yeah, so the women's march was good. Um but we're gonna talk about last year's women's march and then also some other historic women's marches and then some controversy surrounding all of them. All right. Uh so we'll start with last year's. So last year's women's march was held on January twenty first um to advocate legislation and policies regarding human rights and other service other issues, including women's rights, immigration reform, healthcare reform, reproductive rights the natural environment, LGBTQ rights, racial equality, freedom of religion, and workers' rights. So most of the rallies were aimed at the inauguration of Donald Trump. Um, Surprise, surprise. Uh, Due to statements and positions he had taken during his campaign. Um, It was the largest single-day protest in U.S. history. Um, So basically, it started because um, this woman from Hawaii created a Facebook event and invited friends to March on Washington to protest. Um, And then a couple other Facebook pages got created um, by a few different people. And so basically these people just were like, okay, let's all combine our efforts and um, form the official women's March on Washington. Um, So they tried to take very special care to ensure that the March was led by women with as diverse backgrounds as possible. Um, And so I am... This is from Wikipedia. But it says that the co-chairs were um, Vanessa Rubel, uh, Tamika Mallory, Carmen Perez, Bob Bland, and then the honorary co-chairs were Gloria Steinem, Harry Belafonte, LaDonna Harris, Angela Davis, and Dolores Huerta. And so... um, Basically... Um, these were the people who were like the the chairs, and then they had other speakers at the the march in Washington and at other places throughout the world. Um, which I'm not gonna, you know, talk about every single person um, that spoke, but there were people that spoke that were, I mean, I, I think that most of what i read is that people had problems with some of the white feminists that spoke, were kind of, those people had histories of not being very intersectional. And so there's a lot of issue like with that, um, which we'll get to more in a little bit. Um, but then, so they formed like an actual like um, Women's March like foundation type thing. And they have a website and it's called womensmarch.com. And so I'm just going to read their mission from the website because I think it's really... I think it's something that we should strive for basically so it says the mission of the women's march is to harness the political power of diverse women in their communities to create transformative social change women's march is a women's led movement providing intersectional education on a diverse range of issues and creating entry points for new grassroots activities or activists and organizers to engage in their local communities through trainings outreach programs and events Women's March is committed to dismantling systems of oppression through nonviolent resistance and building inclusive structures guided by self-determination, dignity, and respect. And then it goes on and it um, talks about their unity principles, um, which basically they talk about how, well, I'll read this part too. We believe that women's rights are human's rights and human rights are women's rights. We must create a society, society in which women, including black women, native women, poor women, immigrant women, disabled women, Muslim women, lesbian, queer and trans women are free and able to care for and nurture their families. However, they are formed and in a safe and healthy environments free from structural impediments. So basically, um, it goes on to talk about ending violence, reproductive rights, LGBTQIA rights, workers rights, civil rights, disability rights, immigrant rights and environmental justice. So this like this specific program womensmarch.com like they seem very intersectional which i mean is a good goal i feel like um it's kind of i think it's kind of like i think it's kind of like my issues with the church where like the goal of the church seems good but like the individual people can be bad sure and i think that's like a lot of how people feel about the feminist movement in general you know like the goal is good but like people mess it up pretty frequently
1: yeah i think that's kind of like i think this is the eternal struggle of like any sort of social justice type of movement is that um it's made of human beings who are you know going to mess up and none of us are truly prophetic you know like none of us are like really truly truly ahead of our time Like we can be ahead of our time in certain ways, but no one's going to be entirely ahead of their time. And I think, you know, when something does happen, I mean, I think you have to listen to people, the people who it affects, you know, people who are like historically marginalized. But you also have to be willing to, uh, you know, have a conversation around like forgiveness and like when do we move forward and when do we you know kind of right. like dig our heels in and it's like a very complex sort of you know bargaining situation I think it always starts with talking to the people who are most marginalized or marginalized by any action and then just because you know people aren't perfect I think sometimes when you're embroiled in like social justice work you you know, you hold everyone to an impossible standard. Yeah. Which I think is kind of, like, counterproductive to the, at least my idea of justice in the sense of, like, every person is, you know, like, going to mess up. Right. But also every person is still, like, worthy of, you know, the idea behind justice is that every person is worthy of, you know, humanity and dignity. Right. And so uh if we're really following that like we need to be careful
0: how we
2: yeah i I, I agree the other thing i was thinking
0: of sorry the other thing i was thinking of as you were reading that katie was the sort of broad uh mandate yeah that those mission statements um what's the word i'm looking for that those mission statements uh uh indicate like you know it's like everything and the and sometimes i think that your mission needs to be more narrowly defined so that you you know almost like is is that mission i'm doing a terrible job here it's okay is that mission um too broad such that it's incredibly difficult if not impossible to achieve or is it better to have huge goals
2: it's a bad goal setting well right like it's not a it's not an achievable like in a you know it's like good goal setting is like achievable within a time frame you set like specific right you know it's very like concrete and specific things that you're trying to accomplish and this is not that
0: on the other hand yeah it's maybe it's possible to have huge goals yeah but set out to accomplish them over time instead of saying you know like okay we're gonna do all this right you know okay but we're gonna start with this small portion of it yeah. you know like you know reproductive rights right and then we're gonna move on to disability or you know whatever right. i you know like
2: i think yeah I, you gotta have i mean, I mean you do have to have a big mission goals statement which is different than like an actual like right. how are we going to accomplish this mission statement um, but yeah, but I think the problem with that is that like everyone wants their piece of the puzzle to be fixed first. Sure. And also like, what does fixed mean? Like, yeah. are we ever going to be able to fix, yeah. you know, to the amount that people want? And- I mean,
0: I have no, pro- I have no trouble looking at this mission statement and going, this is a uh, hundred years, Yeah. <laughs> you know, obvious. like,
2: yeah.
0: So sure. but you got to start somewhere, right?
2: Yeah. Yep. You do. Um, So the other thing I want to talk about last year was uh, where had marches. So there was a lot of marches (laughs) last year. Sure was. Um, Like I said, it was the biggest single day protest in the U.S. ever. Um, So there was 680 marches in the U.S. last year and 137 marches outside of the U.S., There was one, there's two in Sweden, Mm -hmm. one in Stockholm Mm -hmm. and one in R-A-R-E is how it's spelled, where they protested on cross-country skis because the Swedes are badass. That's pretty good. That's pretty awesome.
0: But they all had to uh, sign up using the little box.
2: Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, and then this year there was a, a... so this year's march, I should talk about a little bit, was basically like an anniversary march. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the goal of this year's march was basically to like, get out and vote. So the idea was um, look back, march forward, and then like go to the polls in November. Mm-hmm. Um, because so for our non-American listeners, there's midterm elections. So even though we're not electing a president in November, we'll be um, electing number, House of right. Representatives and some senators. And so, there's a lot of chance for turnover, um, which would be beneficial, uh, depending who you ask. <laughs> I think it would be If you're asking us. If you're asking me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the point of this march was to an anniversary and to say, like, basically, we're still here and to, like, inspire people to vote in November. Um, And there was a march in Sweden, in Stockholm, um, on today. I don't know. What time is it? You could go. It's probably over by now. Um. It was today, yeah, oh Something. man that's okay. then we wouldn't have an old record, but yeah, so they had I mean they had them all over the world, um, mostly in Europe but also in other countries as well.
1: I tried to look at Facebook, but I might have failed fairly quickly' Let's try and find it
0: Do, uh, can I ask was the was the emphasis different this year?
2: Well, I didn't go last year, so that's another thing we should probably talk about. Well,
0: I mean, there there was a, you know, last year, as you said before, it was mostly a reaction to uh, Trumpism. Yeah. This year, I'm certain there's some of that. Yes. But there's also been, since then, this whole Me Too movement.
2: Right. Yeah. So, I think that the reaction now is less to Trump specifically, although still very much against him, but more of, like, the whole culture in general, like- just kind of the patriarchy and like the problems with it and the problems that it causes people that fall into all the groups that i listed earlier and i and i think like the the focus from what i could tell of this march this year was more about like let's change things in november Mm -hmm. you know is more as you said yeah it's less reactionary and more like going forward so another thing that i wanted to point out that was really fun is there was a protest in antarctica (laughs) i know was it the penguins no (laughs) maybe they got penguins with them um but yeah anyway i hope so that would be awesome
1: i've been watching the crown and prince philip's philip uh, visited antarctica
0: yeah
2: oh there was two in antarctica one at mcmurdo station and one at paradise bay and their approximate attendance was 95 and 30 people.
0: Wow, respectively. That's actually much bigger.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was like all of them. Yeah, no, it's everyone not. went.
0: <laughs> um wow.
2: they did not carry pro- they did not carry signs because nearly all poster materials at the station are US government property. So, <laughs> I'm glad uh-huh. that they were they're legal about it. <laughs> uh, okay. Um so anyway, oh yeah, so I was going to point out so neither Corbin nor I, right, Corbs, you didn't go last year. No, I didn't go. Yeah, we were studying for step one, so Mm -hmm. we, like, did not know anything that was happening in the world, and we were, like, hunkered down in our... That's so,
0: you know, I just want to say that that's really... Somebody was outside my office the other day at work, and uh, she was talking with a friend about, you know, the current bullcrap going Mm -hmm. on in America, and she was like, you know, it's really hard because I have so much to do. It's really hard to focus on these things that are outside of medicine
2: yeah it is really hard it definitely is easier fourth year yeah i mean yeah. i think that like
1: it's easy for me to keep up on what's going on but, but not easy for me to like do like have an in-depth it. knowledge or do something about it or, you yeah, know be it's involved like, yeah I mean, I remember I made like one phone call while I was studying for step one and I wish I could have done more, but it's like, and you know, going to all these town halls and stuff, like I want to do that and I want to be there, but like sometimes my schedule just doesn't allow it, you know?
0: And and we should say, I mean, people who are listening to this who aren't medical students, I'm not a medical student. but i work with them and i know that what corbin is saying is completely true like it's not just like a a, what one phone call come on now you could do better than that of course you could do better but man yeah it's medical school is all consuming so
2: you have to reprioritize a lot of things
0: when you're in
1: school the only solace that i take is that like one day when i get out of medical school i'll hopefully be there to yeah you know, like be a voice, you know, like my, I feel like in a lot of ways, my professional voice means more, I not more, but like, you know, it'll mean something when I leave.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And to have like professionals who care.
2: Right. That's what like gives me hope basically for my
0: future. And you know, I don't want to pat ourselves too much on the back, but you know, the existence of this podcast is, uh, mitigates that to some extent.
2: Yeah. The other thing though like I I don't, at least for us right now is like for me it became a lot easier fourth year when i was like on interviews and things to like be more involved because it some of these things i was talking about at interviews and so when you're like forced to know what's going on it like <laughs> helps yeah. it helps you i don't know yeah so for people who are in um under not undergrad um their first years of med school mm-hmm. what am i trying to say yeah you got it anyway it gets better and then residency starts and it gets worse again and yeah, then it'll be fine but yeah but no i totally agree corbs that like i feel like i don't i feel like me becoming an ob-gyn like at least i'm contributing to part of the solution i feel like yeah. i'm not just like stuck in i don't know
1: i remember like uh so my first year as an m1 i like helped organize like a die-in basically oh yeah i remember that uh for um after eric gardner died Mm and was killed i guess by police i should say um and you know that was i mean it took a lot of (laughs) and uh, i don't want know that my grades maybe (laughs) suffered a little bit as a result and like would i do it over again yeah but it's also like
0: you you pick and choose. You gotta... Yeah. You, it's, then, there's a definite zero-sum game
1: Yeah, involved then, in
0: this sort of thing. Like you I think either, we all
1: choose, like, where the line in the sand is, like, I must act now, you know, yeah. like, and I try to challenge myself on, like, not being complacent about, like, when is the time to act, you know, like... Right. When do we take to the streets, sort of, and... Yeah. Yeah. When can I be like, you guys have got it, but I don't want to be, you know, be later in my life and be like, I wasn't doing something when yeah. we, everything, we knew that everything was going wrong. And I think and that's And like it. the same I- thing with, you know, like, it, like Black Lives Matters protests and stuff. Like for me, that was kind of a line in the sand of like, these things are really important and these things, I mean, people are dying and so the least i can do is get off my butt but right. also it's like
2: <laughs> yeah
1: it's hard you know
0: well i mean maybe you could think of it this way like in the times when you are unable to f- fully participate you're banking your time for later yeah when you can i, I don't know that there's any i don't i don't I, yeah that seems that seems okay to me i i don't know
1: I feel yeah. I and it is even having this conversation like I feel bad about like you know making that It's not like you know obviously I know that the like the, the right choices is, is uh being out there and being active and it's important mm-hmm. and uh be especially since you know being a relatively privileged person you know right. it's it's important yeah, but, to not, you know, to know that, like, yeah, if I don't go protest, like, how much is my life going to change? It's, you know what I mean? Right. And like, yeah. But,
0: you know, Corbs, if you didn't, like, let's say, let's take it to the, the logical tr- extreme. You dropped everything to go and be a part of this movement, right? right? Well, what what you're giving up there is the ability to become even more of a force later in your life when you have... You know, you're potentially you're potentially um, impacting your ability later in life to be more by by not getting your M.D., by not, you know, Mm -hmm. finishing your career or your education because you failed a class or whatever, you know, like.
1: Yeah. And and I I mean, also, I have a privilege, you know, to. Yeah. You know, I've been given an opportunity that not a lot of people have. Right.
0: Right.
2: Well, and that's like the okay. So, yes, like it's really easy to step back and be like, Yes, I am like doing something that's worthwhile to the world, quote unquote. But it's also really hard to be like, I'm literally just sitting here reading a book when people are dying. Yeah. You know, like that's so it's hard for me is that like, Yes, I'm like helping myself. I'm learning so that less people die in the future, but people are dying now. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like what's really, really hard for me about like sitting out. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's and like those for-
1: people, you know, those names, those people deserve. Right. You know, they're t- yeah. they deserve t- to have people, you know, s- fight, fight for, for their them. justice. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, because it's like I'm protecting future people that don't really exist right now, whereas, like, there, you know, there's people who do exist who are. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like. It's a big push. It's though. really hard. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I chose this job, so I should probably finish it. Yeah. <laughs> and actually do it. But, um, but, yeah. No, I think that's a good discussion. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to talk about some historical marches. Yeah, let's um, hear them. Okay, so. Um, one of the first women's march was the Women's Suffrage Parade of 1913. So um, it was the first suffragist parade in Washington, D.C., and it was organized by Alice Paul for the National Women- American Women's Suffrage Association. So they marched down Pennsylvania I- Avenue in Washington, D.C., um, which was, it was March 3rd, 1913, which was the day before President Woodrow Wilson's inauguration. Um, and they protested against the present political organization of society from which women are excluded. Um, So, um, well, one thing that I would like to point out is that their inaugurations were in March in 1913, which I think is interesting. Um, But maybe it's because it took information further longer to disperse. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I wonder Um, wonder how that changed. But anyway, um, then seven years later, women asterisks were um, granted the right to vote with the 19th amendment asterisks because white women were granted mm-hmm. the right to vote. Um, the language in the amendment makes it seem that all women were granted the right to vote, but in realistic terms, African-American women and other women of color basically had no like actual right to vote yeah. until some, in some places till the 1960s. So, I I it really frustrates me, and I know it really frustrates a lot of people of color, especially when people talk about the 19th Amendment granting all women the right to vote, because that's not exactly true. Um, So, I like to point that out. And in that vein... Oh, were you going to say something, Corbs?
1: Well, and just that, like, the suffragette movement was very problematic in, you know, yeah, regards to... That's what to, I was just going to talk yeah. about. Okay, yeah, go ahead.
2: So, yeah, so basically the suffragette movement was they kind of did the opposite of what we were saying earlier in that they were like, well, we want to get the right to vote and we're pretty much all white women. So let's use racism as a way to like further our cause. So the, the suffragist, mo- suffragist movement in the U S is extremely racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, that's like another thing that you have to think about when you're, you know, like emulating, like, suffragettes, right. you know, yeah. Um, but then I was going to talk. So there's an African-American women's suffrage movement um, that basically combated this. Um, so two um, organizations merged to form the National American Women's Suffrage Association, which is what I talked about earlier. So um, as basically like what I was saying, as they gained support, they realized that exclusion of African-American women would help them gain greater support, resulting in adoption of a more narrow view of women's suffrage than had previously been asserted. So basically they focused on um, suffrage for solely for white women. Um, and then the suffrage movement started with women such as Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. But basically as the movement grew, it basically ignored those roots completely, which I will point out is like the way a lot of things happen yeah. in American history. Yeah. Um, so... Uh,
0: yeah, it's, I mean, it, you know, we we uh, just finished up Human Rights Week at the College of Medicine, and one of the things that I've that's I sort of knew, but really were brought home to me this week um, was the fact that you know we all talk about Martin Luther King and his legacy, mm-hmm. but um, r- there was a lot more to Martin Luther King than we pay attention to now. Um, we everybody learns the "I Have a Dream" speech, but right. what we learned. What I've learned more thoroughly, anyway, is that you know he was actually a pretty radical dude.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like I might be on the verge of getting woke. I'm not really, <laughs> <laughs> not really sure.
2: I think you're working on it. I'm I working on could. it.
0: I'm 47. It's time for me to wake up. Wake, wake <laughs> up. Uh-huh.
2: Um. Okay. So, um. So basically, it goes on to talk about how the National Women's Suffrage Association didn't include working class women or black suffragists. And in June 1892, the Colored Women's League was founded in Washington, D.C. Um, and they, under their president, Helen Cook, they fought for black suffrage, held night classes. Um, they were joined by Booker T. Washington's wife, who uh, also, I'm offended that they don't actually name her, they just call her Mrs. Booker T. Interesting, Washington. Interesting, Um they joined them um out of washington dc they joined together to form the national association of colored women under the leadership of mrs mary church terrell Um, she was an educated woman and was named the first president of the group Um, and they basically are who fought for voting rights for black women Mm. so i just think it's really important to talk about them when we have this conversation and then there's one more march that i want to talk about So, last year, when they were trying to like come up with the march and like name it and figure out what was going to happen, they wanted to call it the Million Women's March or um, Million Women March on Washington, which is problematic because there was already a Million Women March. Um, So, the Million Women March, the original one, was um, organized on October 25th, 1997, in Philadelphia. And um, it was organized by. I'm going to mess up her name, Phile Chionesu, a grassroots activist, human rights advocate, Black nationalist, freedom fighter, and owner of an African craft shop. She's not associated with any national Black organizations, but after several months of underground organizing, she asked Asia Coney to join her, making the third national co-chair. Um, the march was envisioned to intend and intended to help bring social, political, and economic development and power throughout the Black communities of the United States as well as to bring hope, empowerment, unity, and sisterhood to women, men, and children of African descent globally, regardless of nationality, religion, or economic status. Um, So basically, um, there was lots of really awesome people um, at it, um, including um, the ex-wife of Nelson Mandela, Maxine Waters, who's an awesome congresswoman, um, Jada Pinkett Smith, um, the daughters of Malcolm X, um, all kinds of cool people were there. So um is
0: Maxine Waters, the one with the hat,
2: I think so. Yeah,
0: she's a pretty interesting.
2: Person. Yeah, people yeah. call her like Auntie Maxine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I just think that all of these things are important to like point out that white feminism needs to like stop co-opting other people's stuff.
1: I mean, I think it's kind of yeah. I mean, this is always such a like obviously i agree and it's like sometimes i wonder like as a white woman how much i'm allowed to like you know yeah like
0: how much how much you're allowed to to speak about it even like how much how much are you allowed to have an opinion is that what you're right. saying not
1: that not have opinion but like i think what i've settled on is just like before i get ready to like say assert my opinion and like be you know like su- act like i know exactly what women of Uh, color have gone through like to first be willing to listen and like also be willing to like be confronted with like my own privilege and my my own like the fact that i can be made to feel uncomfortable and that you know i should embrace that and that you know i should embrace this you know like any sort of because I just, I don't know. Sometimes I get rubbed the wrong way when I see, like, I don't know. Maybe I should not say this. <laughs> like, well, uh, you know, like, basically people like me who are all, like, screaming about white feminism, but then also not, like, being willing to listen to yeah women of color and, like.
0: Yeah. You know, I went to, um, I was lucky enough to be able to go to Angela Rise um presentation this week at the college of medicine um she's a uh, if you don't know who she is she's a um she's a woman of color uh activist for um he, uh, you know a, a black activist uh she's commentator for cnn and a lot of mm-hmm. other um news networks uh, and, and the thrust of her message was you know I'm gonna make you uncomfortable today, you white people in the yeah, audience, which is pretty much everyone. Uh, which was yeah, well, there was a you know, oh. there was quite a in that audience. There was, you know, a a a large group of African American okay. women, especially. Um, but uh, yeah, there were plenty of white people in the audience, mm-hmm. and she was basically saying, you know, yeah, you guys gotta just let yourselves be uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And I also think that like. <sighs> we need to be okay with not like having our opinions be heard on that. You know, of course yeah. I'm talking from like a podcast that's like entirely. I know I was actually going to
2: talk about that.
1: <laughs> you know, like, like sometimes, like we don't always get actually, to be the leader of things. You right. know, we don't yeah, always right. like our opinion doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, like,
0: yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I would encourage a listener who has something to say about that um to yeah you know, right get in touch in. with us
2: yeah i would love that yeah that would
0: be helpful well, for us um because you know we don't want to be a-holes
2: so this is i mean and this is like something i think about a lot because i actually i don't remember who i was just talking to about this but like so podcasts are so white yeah it's <laughs> such a white group of people right. and i think Like, I mean, Corbin and I have talked about this before. Like, it kind of takes a lot of ego to start a podcast, right? Like, I mean, especially for like us, I think about it and it's like, okay, who are we to say like, oh, we deserve to have our voices heard by people, you know, whoever wants to access it on the internet. Right. Right. And like, I think that like, in a way, our degree like does confer a little bit of like, obviously we kind of know what we're talking about, but like, there's lots of doctors and like, why don't they all have podcasts, you know? um but and there's a lot of like random podcasts that are literally about nothing and it's like okay why do you think that your opinions need to be heard by (laughs) everyone um right the other issue i have is like i just i mean that's why we try to have guests on our podcast a lot i feel like for me at least is like i want to hear other people's stories and i want to hear other people's opinions the fact that we haven't had a guest of color on our podcast is something that actually bothers me and like i think that we're working to resolve um And then the other thing is like, I, when Corbin was saying like, you know, why I shouldn't act like I know what people of color, people in other groups are feeling, um, which is like part of my, like, I try to listen to podcasts by people of color or by LGBTQ people or by disabled people, because I think that like, I would rather hear it from them, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, like, why should I re-say something if someone in those groups has already said it so eloquently?
0: Yeah. By the way, uh, Angela Rye does have a podcast. She has begun one of her own. Nice. Um, oh, nice. I'm What's sure called? she doesn't... I'm sure she... It's called uh, On One. On One.
2: Uh,
0: O-N, the number one. Okay. No spaces. Um, But you could just search for Angela Rye. Yeah. Uh, she's something like... She's about... Has done about the same number of episodes. I'm sure she has a okay. trillion more listeners than we do. Yeah, so okay. she probably doesn't need our love, but... Uh, in, in terms of, you know, getting her more listeners. But, yeah. you know, hey, if you're white, listening to this podcast, interested in knowing more, she's yeah. among the people of color podcasting.
2: Nice. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, I think it's definitely something we hopefully will improve, you know, because we want to be like, I think we try to, you know, we, we want to present we are well white inclusive, yeah. you know, argument and stuff, and we want to... Right. In- in, like include all of the caveats that history yeah. class forgot to include. Um, right. Mm-hmm.
0: But for all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes, I did that thing. <laughs> all intents and purposes, we are well-meaning white people. And, yeah. And so, yeah. That's so. kind of an issue.
2: Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is like at least for me, so I read. I want to read more books, but um, another thing that I'm doing, I just think it's good to challenge yourself. So like mm-hmm. there's a, a reading challenge. I can't remember who puts it out right now, but basically it like you are like so my goals for the year is like to read a book um science fiction book by a person of color to read a a book in which like the main character is lgbtq Hmm. um to read a comic by a like non-famous author you know like all these different things and i think it's really good to like push your boundaries and to like start just exploring those different avenues of like including people different from you in yeah. the way that you consume media yeah you can read really some important.
1: octavia butler if you want to read a science fiction
2: mm. yeah
1: I, i've also downloaded um it's a ya book but the hit you give um oh yeah so hopefully Hi. i'll listen to that on my daily commutes to the hospital which are an hour long fun fact Ew.
0: get out wonderful on a, on a train or something yeah on a train nice
2: oh but speaking of like listening to women of color so i've read a lot of articles about how like we need the women's march we need people to focus on the vote blah 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 but i've also read quite a few articles by women of color women who are lgbtq women who are in any group about why they're not marching this year and basically how they feel disenfranchised by the feminist movement. And I think those are like really fair and things that I, I mean, and that's why like I wanted to make this episode the way that it was and call attention to all those things that we talked about that are problematic because yeah, like it, so, is, it is a problem. So
0: the reasons are those you mentioned.
2: Right, so basically, well, that and like, um, what, okay, so I'll actually link to this article in the show notes. Yeah, So it's a Huffington Post article. And it's titled, Why This Black Girl Will Not Be Returning to the Women's March by S.T. Holloway. So basically, she talks about how last year she went to the march. She was, like, really hyped up about it. Um, and she her sign, she posts a picture. says, Not my president. Sincerely, a nasty woman and member of, quote, the African Americans, unquote. Which is reference to a quote that Donald Trump said multiple times in his campaigns. Um, and basically, she was like i was marching people like commented on my sign and were like oh i love your sign um like go nasty women you know whatever but, but like she said no one especially no white people ever commented on the bottom half of her sign hmm. um which is the african-american's part and um also just kind of seeing like um people who reference black lives matter and their signs like kind of the same sort of thing and so um and then she also talks about like how many people showed up to the Women's March last year versus how many people like show up to Black Lives Matter protests mm-hmm. and how it's just like white women voted for Trump a majority and voted for, I mean, now voted for Roy Moore as, in a majority. And so like basically how like yeah. white women have done nothing for her her community. And hmm. so I just think it's like a really important viewpoint. Yeah, um, And obviously I still went because um, I think that, I think that our, you can fight for things um, without excluding other things. Kind of, I mean, but it's the whole thing we talked about earlier of, like, how do you decide who gets your voice and things like that. But yep. anyway, I think it's really important and interesting. Good to know. And you should read the whole thing if you want to know more.
0: All right. Well, I think uh, our first show with a uh, co-host from from uh, yeah our first transatlantic show went well. There will be a lot of editing to Ooh. remove. Yeah. To, and I'm gonna leave this in the a lot of editing to remove um the bits that <laughs> that went crazy. Yeah. But. Uh,
2: but why have we not been talking in a transatlantic accent this whole time?
0: You mean like the uh, the movie accent from the yeah. from the oh gosh. I, don't, I can't
2: even do it. I'm
0: not sure how to do it. I sometimes we it from the
2: Veggie podcast. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't know. I put in like a little bit too much. <laughs> what to was fancy.
0: that? There was like share. Share joined us for a yeah. moment. Yeah, we're from Um, that's real good, guys. That's real that's good. That's the
2: secret. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like if you just talk loud enough and fast enough, then it just sounds like
0: yeah. It. We're big transatlantic stars here at the yeah at the Vagabons podcast. There we go. Yes, you got it. Anyway,
2: I think
1: we haven't been doing that because we still want people to listen to our podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that's definitely the truth. All right. Um. Okay. So a few details. Um. We're gonna have another guest on our next two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um. My best friend Holly is gonna come guest with us and talk to us about uh self care. And then also massage because she's a massage therapist, um, which I think is appropriate. Um, talking about the women's March, I think we also need to take care of ourselves as women too. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be some good episodes. And then uh, our um, giveaway is almost over. Yeah.
0: Yes. Gotten, so. gotten some some lovely uh comments from people yeah, in various yeah, it's places been really
2: nice. and such good emails i love the email yeah well, are we
0: going to share those emails at some point yeah are there things to share i think
2: we should do it when we do the um announcement of the giveaway okay yeah okay. um but i have been trying to respond to the emails so if you oh, good. uh have emailed us hopefully uh, i will have responded to you um if not they're coming i promise if
0: you if not reply in all caps yes why the, the fuck hate. haven't you responded <laughs>
2: Um, But yeah, so I think it's like fun to actually hear that we have listeners that I don't know. I think that's been the funnest part is that I like, know like not people that I actually know. It's not yeah. our, it's
0: not our moms. Yeah, that it's, is fun. <laughs> it's not it's not so, my wife. You know?
2: um, yeah, it's great. But anyway, so keep doing it.
0: Nope, you nice guys time. are lovely. Reminder
2: yeah reminder so if you send us an email you get your name in the hat if you review us on itunes you get a hat and your name in the hat
0: <laughs> you get a hat you get a hat no <laughs> filled with names we don't have you get your
2: name in the hat to get a mug which are sweet yeah um, yeah but yeah so it ends um january 27th all
0: right be
1: picking, yeah so. sweet and you can find yeah. us on all the social medias
0: yeah. Yeah. And if you want to look if you want to look at what you might get you could go to the vagabonds dot uh, com slash store yep where the uh where the items are available and you could buy one uh it helps us you could buy
2: one and then you could just hope to get the matching set in the contest
0: or if we announce you as a winner you can let us know which one you want yeah but exactly. anyway yeah. point is uh the these things help us uh fund the show yeah and uh you know that would be it would be nice
2: yeah and tell all your friends. Yes. We need more listeners because we love you guys. Yes. So. Yeah. Yes.
1: Please share us.
0: Yeah. Yes. Should we establish a phone number that people can call and leave messages? No. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I, don't I,
1: the... I don't know how that would work. We have we not seem a to have problems thing. with technology recently.
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe when Corbin gets back. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: Okay, well, we will uh, talk to you all next
0: week. Yeah. Yeah, see you soon. Bye, friends.